everybody we are back that's right street fight tonight wednesday night it's happening again finally it's been so long since i've sat down in front of the mic in this basement across from brian with uh jason running the controls but i'm glad to be back thank you for showing up i'm a little greasy i've still like beat up from the tour it's been a whirlwind uh week and i love doing street fight i love talking to the mic it's a big part of what makes my uh week stable what keeps me going it's my chance to get all this out and so i'm glad we're here i'm glad we're back and i'm glad you're you're showed up for the live stream you can follow us on facebook twitch youtube twitter all that stuff join in with the chat it's all unified uh so you can see what everybody is saying while they're watching the show. For those of you that don't know, my name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. We're Street Fight Radio, the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. Just came back from a glorious tour. The last show you heard, we all did a bunch of mushroom extracts and recorded together the Trill Billies, Sam's from the District Sentinel. That was kind of our tour wrap-up show. You got to hear that was the last thing that was on the feed. But uh, this is the regular-ass bullshit now, the, the, the uh, straight show, and we're already about to go on the road again. Yeah, yeah, let's just do this right now. We should. Because I mean, it's time. It's running where we're a little late on this one, which is, you know, what do you expect? On the 26th. Of August, this month. Of August, in Indianapolis, at the Irving, it will be Street Fight, and it will be Struggle Session together. Doing a live show. Unified podcast. Once again, we're bringing more pod leftist podcasts to the stage. So it's going to be a street fight struggle session joint show. Tickets are available at store.streetfightradio.com. That's Monday, August 26th in Indianapolis, Indiana. August 27th in Detroit, Michigan. Street fight and struggle session again. Is it Detroit or it's like ham tramp or something? Eh, it's, it's a planet different ant. Planet Ant. We'll just say Planet Ant, and people that live there will know. Well, I've heard a lot of people are stealing Detroit Valor, and I don't want to be a part of that. And finally, the second home of Street Fight. Always a wonderful city to visit. Chicago. Yes. Friday. Yes. August 30th. The last Street Fight Struggle Session show for this run. Come and see us. We have done shows with Jack. We have done shows with Leslie, and now we're doing shows with both of them, and it's going to be so good. They are great, and me and Brad are what we are, you know, what you've grown used to. We're taking new people out on the road, people that haven't got to do a bunch of live podcasts. We're taking them out. We're getting their feet wet. We're helping them learn how to do live stuff. Not that we can teach Jack Allison much about live stuff, because he's probably done he's more than He's an expert. Us. But we're doing it. It's happening. We're building a scene. You have to be a part of these things. It's too fun. And, you know, if, if if we'll be announcing Texas soon, too. And I think we're going back out west soon, too. So there yeah. you go. And That's we're going to be at the hideout in Chicago, one of our favorite places. Sully is the owner, is a big been a big supporter of Arish and Monkey Wrench and of a lot of stuff. So one of our favorite places to play. Also, because at the hideout, there is the Mavis Staples throne, which we get to sit in and be totally disrespectful of. And I feel so guilty every time we take some Kratom or 
pop some pills in the Mavis Staples throne. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's cool. Uh, people very excited in the chat already about us in struggle session doing stuff. Look, I'm going to say this. There will be super tours a lot more often now. Yeah. The last one was successful. I think even I, it's not crazy for me to say this. The hellfire congregation is not a one-time thing. No, we're definitely going to put it back together. Um, I did the payday and in the chat, you know, first thing Tom Sexton said was all right, boys, when are we doing this again? Yeah. Tom Sexton Trillbillies is a wonderful man, and he reminds you Legend. of hanging out with your dad's friends, basically. The bad friends that your dad had. Yeah, the ones that your mom was like, oh, shut up, Tom. Yeah. You know? Don't don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Yeah. yeah. Tom is a king, and uh, he's really cool. So, yeah, the Hellfire Congregation is a thing. We it will ride again. A real thing. We'll ride again. It is when Street Fight District Sentinel and the Trillbillies get together. That's the Hellfire Congregation. And it it will happen again, probably next year, probably in the Northeast in May. So there you go. Yep. Philly, New York, Boston, the big ones. They want to see what it's like up there in the bright lights in the big city. We're going to go ahead and bring them along. Uh, Let me answer another uh, chat here, too. Uh, Let me answer two chat questions right here. Uh, Somebody said, are you going to All Out in Chicago? Uh, why else would we have booked a show yeah. the day before All Out in Chicago? Unfortunately, <laughs> for a lot of the folks that think this is a serious activist organization, we waste a lot of money chasing wrestling down <laughs> and paying for things that we shouldn't be paying for just so we can go to things like All Out Wrestling. Let me let me tell you something that's really... Brett doesn't know this, but uh, I was bummed that we booked... DC on the Hellfire tour because when they announced AEW's first TV is in DC, I was gonna say, Brett, we're going to DC, right. baby. We're we're like deadheads for all elite wrestling. Pretty much. Well, I think the, the I think what we'll do, and here's what I think. We'll go to the TVs if they come to town and the four big pay-per-views. As yeah. long as they never go to Las Vegas again. Yeah, you we won't ever go to Las there. Vegas. Yeah. I can't make that trip. Hate that trip. It's the worst place. So, yeah. Uh, I so want, that's- before we get started, I do want to say I'm enjoying tonight the uh, Unholy American Triple Ale all the way from uh, Tampa, Florida. The Coppertail Brewing Company listener brought that to us. And I didn't drink it, you know. So, <laughs> I, I, I saved it for this. Uh, appreciate that. One, one last little thing that was asked in the chat by Abby Jones. Uh, yes, when we do ACL, we will be doing shows in Dallas, Houston, and Austin that week. Yes. And uh, we'll announce those very soon. I think they're pretty much close to booked. And We have Sons of Herman Hall in Dallas, Texas, which is so incredible to me because it's a really old place that lots of legendary acts have played through the days. But I went and saw Todd Berry there one time and loved it and it had like this really old like weezer video vibe and as i was leaving in the parking lot there was a group of about like eight to twelve boomer looking people in like tie-dye smoking like pinner joints and drinking beers out the back of like a truck it was like old school partying on the smallest budget possible. Yeah, something we do, something I do is Brett did move to Dallas for a while and he did he lived in DC for a while. And uh if we book shows in those places, well both of those places, I actually like 
Well, with DC, I encouraged you. Yeah. That no matter how much it costs, we would do busboys and poets because that was a place that you went to and you said it would be neat if we performed. Uh, this tour, I said, where would, if you could perform anywhere that's not Cowboy Stadium in Dallas, where would you go? He said, Sons of Herman Hall. And I had Katie email them immediately. So yeah, I, it I just out. like, it's that thing where it's like, we did the short North stage. And I don't know if Brett was like dying to do the short North stage, but like, I have a weird home th- hometown thing where, like, I want to be big in my hometown, and he did it, and it was successful and fun, and 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 it always feels good to do something big in a place that you admire, I guess. Yeah, I know those places are great. I mean, uh, those are the things as relatively unknown places that you know you get to see a really good show at. I, I love to be a part of that tradition. That's something I get out of it. Yeah. So, uh. Let's do some fucking radio, yeah, man. It's time to street we fight. went to a funeral today. Yeah, I got we some did. news. This I'm not going to talk about the funeral very much. It, w- it wiped me out. It wiped me out. And uh, you know, about two years ago, me and you decided street fight is our job. Right? Yeah. This is our job. We're not looking for another job. Street fight is what we do for a living. And uh, I threw. I didn't throw them away. Goodwill and stuff like that. Every single job interview clothes I owned. Sure. It was sort of like your neck tattoo and that it was like, nope. I don't need this anymore. I'll never need a collared shirt again. I'll never need a pair of slacks again. This is it. I wear what I want for the rest of my life. You did have a silly ass. When you graduated, right? Didn't you have some slacks or a dress shirt? A pair of slacks and a Michael Kors dress shirt. Yes, that I wore. You hit Nordstrom Rack, which smart move, right? Yeah, I actually wore a Bullet Club shirt to my graduation. Okay, it's kind of embarrassing now, but it was 2015, right? Which was the hot shit. Yeah, it was hot shit at the time. But yeah, um, and and uh, the reason for this is because I did a job interview at a uh, social workplace, and uh, I had to go in there, and I had to, you know, you got to dress up. And I, I, my big dumb head, I shaved my big dumb head and I put that Michael Kors button up shirt on and I put those slacks on and, uh, I that bombed was, that interview. Yeah. And I, some booty ass shoes. They were fine. They were like dress shoes. Yeah. And I, Oof. I bombed the interview and I don't think I didn't get hired because of how I dress. I think I didn't get hired because my confidence was completely yeah. gone because of the way I was dressed. I right. couldn't. Like, I couldn't be who I am. Can feel comfortable. You know, I think I could have got the job if I was in there like this. You know, yeah. if I could go in there like this and sit down and talk to them, they would probably be like, oh, okay. Yeah. It yeah, was this funny. Is a guy. For some reason, I didn't even expect you to be there today, which I, so I was glad when I saw you were there in your fucking jeans and your t shirt. And I was like, this motherfucker. But I don't, my mom, which I thank her forever, for the first time I ever want, I wanted to wear my, my dad went, my dad somehow got a hold of some Looney Tunes ties and I was really excited about them. So I wanted to wear a Looney Tunes tie to my grandma's funeral and uh, I didn't know if it was appropriate or not. And my mom was like, your grandma fucking loved you for who you are. You can wear yeah. whatever the fuck you want. And I, the person, you know, the same with all that stuff is like, I, I do put on, everybody puts on the ceremonial stuff, the dark clothes, make sure that there's buttons on the front. They make sure that they got the flip over collar. But at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter at all. Being there is what matters and you are who you are. And, uh, you know, 
I went I went to go buy stuff, but like it kind of was just like I don't think anybody expects me it to be dressed up. And you don't have to. As the funeral, as I mean, like it was a funeral it, it goer, was... I'm a very weird, detached human being when it comes to that sort of thing, right? And when 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 a funeral happens, I don't see myself as the center of attention. I don't right. see myself as the person that people are there to see. And I also I see myself as a guy who wants to respectfully stand in the back of the room. Yeah. And just not nothing. I don't I don't want to go up and speak. Yeah. I don't want to make I'm not a guy that like I like making my whole life is about me. Everything is about me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That is the one occasion where I feel very uncomfortable with anybody focusing on because somebody's dead dude. yeah yeah you know what i mean and people are really legitimately grieving and i don't do that for some reason and like i just uh i didn't i the reason i feel bad about the way that i dressed is because i felt like i like kind of stood out and then it was then i started to feel bad because i started to feel sensitive like are people looking at me also here's the other thing my wife didn't expect me to go to this funeral either because it's at 11 in the morning. Yeah. I will wake up for a funeral. Okay. I'm not that much of a fucking you crazy surpri- person. Well, you, I mean, you, that's a wake up call for you. <laughs> I was surprised. I was, I wanted to text you so bad in the middle of it. Like I was like, Brian's got to fucking know what's going on. Right. I was just, and I was like, no, 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 don't text. Don't text. Don't fucking text. And then I saw you. I was like, oh, he's fucking here. He saw it. So he, so we can talk about it. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, I, you shouldn't think twice about it. There's no reason to. Um, if you got it, you should do it. If you don't have the clothes, it don't fucking matter. You yeah, know? I just don't have the clothes, and like I think now by the end of the year, I'm I'm gonna buy some funeral clothes. Okay, it was just I I do need to figure out a way to dress nice, classically nice, and feel comfortable. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't know what the look is that I'm going for. You know, we we gotta go on a shopping day or something. Yeah, like rockabilly. Should Nick, I do rockabilly? We gotta get Nick to follow us in the mall. <laughs> we should. I do need that. I need honestly, like it would be really cool if we had a person that listened to the show that could like consult with me on that sort of thing, right? Like, cause I don't even know you, what the look is. I want to look good. You're, I mean, you just come in with like leather pants. You'd be like so flamboyant. Just I show up like with like pointed like Robert Wayne shoes with like big crosses that have crystals on them and shit. I you mean, know? the only suits I've ever liked. Jeans with like bedazzled butts. The only suits I've ever looked at and felt like I like that is what the men in black I wear. hate suits. No, I didn't. No, actually today, actually I got up and I just, I like... This is one of those things you just do in your underwear to your wife, and I just proclaimed my hatred for suits. I was like, I don't own a suit, and I don't feel bad about it because I feel like they rob people of their personality, and they're wildly uncomfortable and totally inappropriate for the weather, and I will continue to never be bedazzled by fucking suits. Well, part of <laughs> me was going to wear a flannel okay. and jeans. But it's fucking 86 Man, I grew up, degrees. My, my family was black jeans. You wore black jeans to funerals. Yeah. Like, that's when you brought the black jeans out. So, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter That's what all. I was... Well, and when I, when I, I mean, went, for, I was it, like... It's, there really, was a, it's a personal thing. Like, for me, like, I'm putting on that shit because I'm really ceremonial and I'm really romanticized yeah. shit. And, like, I'm putting on the darkest clothes I fucking own. And I'm like... That is validating for me, but for other people, it's like, do whatever you want. I want to show you this here, right here. Somebody, uh, this is the fucking, 
It's a red. I I've just I think I'm the redneck that doesn't dress up for anything now. Oh no! Oh <laughs> Brett just showed me a picture of a pallbearer <laughs> and a t-shirt and a pair of uh, khaki pants holding a large gas station <laughs> fountain Mountain Dew. While as he pallbears, as holding while holding a casket. I saw that uh, Will Maneker shared that photo. Okay. I don't know where that came from. I don't know how we can find it. But if you go to his Twitter, maybe you can put it on the feed. Because, you know, that's how I feel about this shit. Come as you are, right? You know what also fucked me up? Oh, this, I, don't, I don't mean to be disrespectful. But you can't do an applause. Like, well, they, there's some people that gave some fire speeches. And I just wanted to, like, burst out in applause. But like I had like I literally my arms jerked like I wanted to start clapping, but then I couldn't because it was like, but I don't think that's disrespectful at all. Right. It's interesting because like there are a lot of there's a there are people who live their life a certain way and, and that are fascinating and vital and, and they're funny and and. And they're they're they have these huge personalities, and, and when I I feel like when you stuff their kind of final thing in a church that's like put in sort of a template, it sort Stifles of takes it. away the power of that. Per but it, like right. a funeral is not for the dead person; it's for the people close to the dead person. Yeah. I, I, and, and like, that's the thing. I've always been so weird about death because like, I don't know who I'm supposed to really mourn, you know, like, it's like, how close do you have to be to a person for you? Cause I don't feel things that yeah, I mean, way. You'll be like, touched eventually. Yeah. 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 Your I ass mean, is going to get touched. Right. Yeah. But through my whole life, it's always been like, you know, varying degrees of closeness to me, but, yeah, I'm, but I'm generally like, I mean, it's yeah. a, well, I have to say that, I mean, America, we just do a bad job. We, do, we don't acknowledge a lot of it. And it just, you know, we need to do a better job, you know, accepting what we're doing. And, uh, I, you know, I have to say most of them, man, the church experience just, just strangles like all of what it could be. The emotion know, really. of the thing. There yeah. should be emotion in yeah. the thing, you know? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> while we're, since we were talking about job interview clothes, uh Maybe we'll start this first show out with 13 mistakes that could ruin your job interview, Ooh. according to hiring managers. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, I could find another job, might pay more than Street Fight. Well, I mean, what do how, I need to know? How much would you like to do? Don't you wish you could just do an interview just to do it? I mean, if someone, yeah, if someone would, yeah, sure. Yeah, just to see how if, if you would have got hired, there I'm, should be no, like I a know, party game. No, there should I'm, be not a party game, but you should be able to like an escape room. You should be able to go <laughs> to a job interview and they tell you at the end if you got the job. Like if you won. If you get the job, you won. If you don't, that would, that's, <laughs> put that, that is, down that's in dire, a business dude, that's idea. That's really bad. <laughs> it would actually be a service, it was like I a think. Test. It would be like a test yourself, basically. Right. You would sit down I, across I kill, from a person. I'm good at job interviews. Yeah. So I'm here's, too good at them. Here's the first mistake that can ruin. And this is something we've talked about on the show, this first mistake. This is something that I would never do because I am a low self-esteem guy. But pretending you don't have any flaws 
is the first yeah. mistake. Yeah, that's hard. You got to be honest, but you can't go overboard and you also can't reveal too much. So the 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 person says, when I ask a question, what's your biggest weakness? I'm not trying to catch you catch you out by forcing you to reveal your biggest flaws. I'm trying to see if you recognize that you don't have the answers to everything and find out whether you're actually willing to be open and honest about it. Dishonesty is a very toxic trait to have in the workplace and by providing a generic response or even one that contradicts something you already said red flags are instantly raised. Which for me know, is like it seems like they're, they're hiring. They're hiring for a different standard though. They do hire people that the more dishonest you are the more likely you are to get the job. <laughs> Some job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you know if somebody's like giving a generic answer? Because honestly, like the answers for interview questions are, it, I, you know, when someone gives you a but fake am, answer, when you're like, you don't have no self-awareness at all. Why do I feel like, though, they want generic? An- like, it feels like all the advice writing out there is generic answers. They want you to do generic answers. What's your biggest weakness? Like, but how am I answering one. that question? I mean, because if you you should know though. But okay, so my biggest weakness is uh, that I don't like to do work that I'm not supposed to be assigned. Right? Like, I don't like to do things outside of my job category. Okay. If I fucking you know, I sat down in an def- interview, yeah, and I said. You know, I don't like to be made to do things that aren't inside my job description because I feel like I should be paid more for things that are outside of my job yeah, description. Yeah, I don't like this. As your hiring I manager, I don't that's like what, the sound of this right that's now. What I'm trying to, that is my biggest weakness, though. That is the real fucking weakness. Know, maybe some, pick something else that'll get you the job. <laughs> okay, here's another punctuality. Oh, I'm late a lot. Oh, oh no. Weakness. Well, so we have a clock-in system. <laughs> yeah. It's called so, Time OS. If you <laughs> clock in after 904, that's a occur- So that's not that's getting me the job. That's a half an occurrence. That's not getting me the job. No, we don't we aren't looking for those kind of weaknesses. Biggest- that's you're too weak. You're a little too weak <laughs> for our company. Your weaknesses are like glaring. <laughs> but this guy's saying don't give generic answers. What do you I'm say trying to tell is? you my biggest weaknesses, dude. I'm trying to tell you. Sometimes you could you could you could you can massage the language though. You could say, um, my biggest biggest weakness is that I need clearly defined goals. Um, I you know I prefer to be in the chain of command where someone tells me what my duties are so I can complete nice. them as needed. You know, nice. whatever, something like okay. that. Okay, you can massage it. Because that is my biggest weakness. Like the second you were just like, I the- need to be told what to do. I'm not like a thinker. I'm not gonna go like the extra effort i just get shit done like just fill my plate and i'll take, it's also take like care the, of it and this is every employee that i've ever met's biggest weakness when the rules change it fury infuriates me that's another weakness right i'm not flexible yeah not flexible. i'm not flexible i just at all. hate it when you change the rules i prefer everything stay the same and no surprises number two bad mouthing your old boss <laughs> but <laughs> like i feel like you can change the rapport with the interviewer, yeah. you can badmouth your old boss. Why can't I mean, why are bad bosses not are beyond reproach? Like you can't say anything about a bad boss now these days. Like like this guy fucking sucked. I mean, this guy used to sexually harass me. This guy used to you know show up two hours late, show up drunk. I've had bad bosses, right? Yeah, yeah. So don't know bad bosses. Okay. I've had candidates tell me it was a mistake going to work there, or I did not get along with my boss, or I did not like the company culture. Yeah, I guess that's true. Without I- explaining more, I recommend sticking to facts and leaving the emotion out of it. For example, say, 
My manager changed three times over the year and so did my job requirements. It makes sense that you would want to leave that company. Yeah, I mean, that's one you just got to... That is true. I mean, once again, it's just basic manipulation of social interaction with your interviewer here. You do not want to bring up negative things at all. Yeah. But you do want to point at like the negative stuff that happened. Why can't say you, like, I mean, well, for, I mean, I was there for six months. There was a lot of management changes. Um, I was able to learn to be flexible, which like I told you earlier was my weakness. And so that has actually, <laughs> but was no. a big he said, <laughs> he said in that one about the weakness though, he said, don't contradict yourself. So you got to remember that you did. But some when you shit. draw them in, you they see you all the, the layers. Yeah. They see all of it. Well, so I guess like the neck number three irritated me. This is the first one that really got me. Okay. Okay. This is the first one that I thought was unfair. And that is not bothering to check out the website. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, nobody knows you're supposed to do that. Who knows you're supposed to do that? I do it. Well, of course. I want to know. Your website guy. I, I want to know. Too. But you're right. As somebody that checks things, I know that 99% of people don't check things. No, I've, we just had this conversation on tour and I'm, I'm going to talk about this real quick. Uh, so in my city, in Columbus, I get around it a lot. Brett also gets around it a lot. And for some reason, me and Brett, we always know when there's a new restaurant opening. We know when there's a new store opening. We know when there's a new bar or something opening because we go buy it. We say, oh, look, there's a new thing opening right there. When it opens, oftentimes, I will say to my wife, oh, I want to go to this new restaurant. And she'll say, how do you even know that's open? It's like, because we've been driving by it for fucking months now. That's how I fucking know it's open. Right. I looked. I look around. What do you look at? When we're in the car, what do you look at when we're walking? Yeah. So I'm perceptive. I will check the website. Of course I will. <laughs> but most people don't check anything ever. They never go further into the process. You know no. what I'm saying? That's we talk about this with music and, and one of the reasons me and Brett get along so well and, and work well so well together is because he is the actual First person I've ever met in my life that sees something that he doesn't understand, like on TV or a joke or, or a movie, and he goes and fucking looks it up and tries to figure it out instead of just saying either one, I didn't understand it, or two, explain it to me. Like Brett wants to know himself. That, to me, is that's how I am. It was just like I would read Spin Magazine and they'd be like, oh, yeah, no, these guys were like really, really uh, fucking inspired by the band Cursive. So instead of saying, oh, well, I don't know what that means because I've never heard Cursive. Right. I wouldn't fucking listen to Cursive. <laughs> right, right. So I can understand what the band It's was. important. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that, no. though. And it seems unfair. It's You're asking people to do something that is so fucking out of their nature. To check yeah. the website. Yeah. You know what I mean? And most websites are so out of date. And most websites, uh, I mean, aren't necessary for. No. Nobody even does their sites. You know, the only website I go to that, of a company is like the power company. Because yeah. I have to go to that site to pay my bills. The gas company. And you know what? Those sites are 
they might as well be Squarespace. Sites. Yeah, yeah. They're just the most basic things. So the boss in here says, uh, I've done a few interviews where the candidate didn't even look at the website. That's not an option these days. It's a must. I asked for their opinion on the site and a few recommendations, and they stared blankly. Can you imagine you're going Dude, to get a job Dude, that has nothing secrets. to do with a website? <laughs> like your secrets, job, man. Data entry job. I'm going to get a data entry job where I just like type stuff into a spreadsheet, which, by the way, dream job of mine for years. This yeah, just like when I was yeah, big money, collar, big when, money when I was roofing, big money in spreadsheets. Well, yeah. And when I was roofing, it was like they give you a desk and like I would look at that. I applied for a hundred data entry jobs. Never got one, but I applied for a lot. And uh, he said, I'd say a baseline skill is to come prepared, review the website and have an opinion, even if you're not the expert. So this guy. <laughs> this is another one of those things where it's like a guy that does the hiring well, has no concept of what the people that are sitting down for the interview are running into. Because can, I personally can't imagine going to a job interview and having the guts to be like, hmm, y'all should have a better search function on your website. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, I love dunking on them. That's <laughs> like telling the teacher them. they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, this is also one of those things where you're requiring so much of people to get so little as far as like job and stuff, jobs and stuff go, you know? Yeah. Um, like there's not enough room for people to have high earning positions the way it lays out anyways. And you're to get those positions. It's just the requirements. Little games. All, all of your time, all of your spare time, mm -hmm. you need to spend studying stuff like this. And playing little games. Like, this needs to be a part of your life. You need to get these emails on the, the daily to remind you to do this shit, you know? Like, right. you need to be hungry for climbing up the ladder. And I've said this. I, I've said this on the show. An interview is a little game. You're playing a little game. And that's all it is. Number four, forgetting to say thank you. Which is, I yeah, get yeah, fuck it, you forever, you know, but it is, you gotta say thank you. You gotta, you got, I mean, a lot of people weren't growing up with good manners, but, um, I don't, I get, I don't know. We're it's Ohio boys though, where we say thank you and sorry, even when we don't mean it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I say, thank you. Even when somebody's being a dick to me, yeah. I'll be like, oh, thank I'm you. I'm always thankful. Yeah. Yeah. Don't so, say thank you. How would you not say that? Yeah. Here's like, a, why aren't you, I mean. This is kind of ridiculous. I mean, folks, I don't want to tell you that you can just be the worst possible person and expect to get a job. Kiss some fucking ass here. <laughs> you do have to kiss. Say that. thank you. I agree. Say fucking thank you. If you're to looking the for a job, you have to say thank yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, you otherwise they're not going to give you a fucking job. Although here's something that bothers. I want to read the guys or I mean, Amy Hyde, her director of operations at Outspoken Media. Her, her little blurb for forgetting to say thank you is kind of infuriating to me. And that is that we had a candidate for an entry level position who looked great on paper, great cover letter, decent experience. As we went through the hiring process, there were many email exchanges and a few on-site interviews before we presented an offer. The one thing that stuck out during this particularly hiring process was the candidate never showed any signs of gratitude. Email exchanges were absent of a thank you. Even after the on-site interviews, the candidate never thanked any of us after a team interview. This weakened their consideration for an entry-level role at our agency. Which to me is like, the gratitude thing I think might be a little weird. In that like, uh, I want to come into a job 
feeling like it's a 50-50 proposition. I'm giving you a service and you're doing me. We're we're both part of this, right? And did they, in the interview, I feel if the interview doesn't say thank, if the interviewer doesn't say thank you for your time, maybe then I won't, I'm not going to say thank you. You know? Yeah. It's like, you, fuck you. I'll say it back, right? I, yeah. yeah. I have to say uh, th- this is also maybe a problem, though, now that I think about it for me, because if I'm not mad at you, then I, I fucking love you. Like, if everything's going – I'm not good f- – so some of the people that work for us need a little bit of more compliments than like I'm comfortable with. And I try to extend the handout for them to give them like attaboys and stuff on text. But like, even it's hard for me with my relationship with my wife where it's like, it's like, dude, I hate like almost, I complain about every person I meet to you. Yeah. And like, you're the one person that I can deal with all the time. Like literally just me being with you is my sign of like approval. Oh, we've had, you know, I, I am so open about how much I dislike people's behavior and, and fucking shits and you don't bother me, you know? I mean, but it's like, that's really low. It's not like a good standard. It's that's, that's my uh, weakness. Right. Know? We've had conversations within the thing where it's like, uh, if you're going to work for us, there's a certain amount of like, uh, there, there were different guys and uh, you got to deal with both of us. And it's just two completely, totally different things. And uh, I, you know, my wife works for us and uh, she's learning slowly that it's two different things. It's you're dealing with two different guys. You're dealing with two completely different ways of thinking. And like, uh, I like Brett. I like the way Brett does stuff. That's why he's my partner. And that's why he's my business guy. I like a guy that is a hundred all the time just honest and that's why the fake bullshit pleasantries thing i just don't feel like it's fucking necessary because in my opinion the best thing that you could do for me is like just tell me if i got the job or not you know what i mean just tell me if if i make if i'm making you mad right now just fucking tell me i'm making you mad if 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 you want me to do something you just tell me to do that. It's not a fucking thing that's like you expect me to do something. And that's what I don't like about little requirements, like a thank you in a job interview, because I don't like this idea that you want something from me, but you, you, you don't kind of explain what you want from me. Yeah. You know, I would rather Secret you come rules. off as terse and say like, Hey, you know, uh, and again, if if this interviewer had said, hey, thank you for your time on this interview. And then she walked out and she's like, you're damn right. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I get it, man. But like, I doubt it, dude. I, I doubt that it was any of that. I, she was I, probably sat there and was like, and you say thank you. You yeah. know, she was just like looking at her. At the end of an interview, a lot of times they'll be like, oh, it was nice to meet you. Have a good day or and whatever. And they just stare at you and see what you do. Yeah. And they want to thank you, which is. That's not fair. I, yeah. That's not fair. I don't to know. expect. Sure. You're right. It's not a relation. It's not a gift. A job interview is not a gift. A job is not a gift to have I'm gratitude fair. That's fair. for. That's fair. You know? That's fair. <laughs> it is not a gift. The company isn't like doing a charitable, wonderful thing by giving you a job. Yeah. They are hiring you 
so that you can provide them a service yeah. that they need yeah. because they hired you. Yeah. And that's just that's what drives me nuts about these fake little pleasantries and stuff that they expect. The next yeah. rule for 13 mistakes that could ruin your job interview according to hiring managers. Uh <laughs> this one's funny. Having your own personal happy hour. What? I'm going to read this. The job interview? <laughs> Video interviews are becoming more common. And in my experience, candidates may not take this type of interview seriously or remember that they and all their actions are on camera. I interviewed a candidate for a tech position oh who, halfway through the interview, reached to his right and grabbed a pint of beer. <laughs> <laughs> he, br he brought it to his mouth and took a sip before he gave his answer to the question. He was very nonchalant about it. Is that a beer, I asked? Yes, an IPA, he responded. Sure, the interview was at 4 p.m., but it wasn't a happy hour interview. The conversation ended shortly after that's that. Bullshit. That's bullshit. I think if you're in your house, you can drink a beer. That's my if opinion. They, and you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, my wife has done this twice now. They paid for a plane ticket. They paid for lodging. They paid for everything to have her come and interview at the place. Because they are a very serious company mm -hmm. that is looking for serious employees. So they spend that type of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're expecting me to do an interview over the phone, I'm doing a fucking dab. I'm going to be in my underwear. Do you want me to put a tie on and sit right. in front of, sit at my computer right. desk? Right. Sit in my exactly. recliner with my laptop you, on my lap? You want me to put a, a hang in there cat poster behind me? <laughs> you want me to put like some motivational, like some guy doing windsurfing? I think, I think it's extremely, and maybe this is me being like me. I think it's extremely unfair to say you can work from home, but you can't have beer. Yeah. I don't that's know That's what you're why. getting. It's just your home. In this day and age, I mean, I, I saw a tweet that summed it up. I don't know who did it, but really, I mean, people are either working like three jobs, 60, 60 hours a week. Or they have some weird internet thing where they're just drunk and high all day and work for about three hours a day. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that's what you're hiring for. I think you should be able to drink when you work from home. You're not going anywhere. What? You're not going to be in, in a meeting. You're no. just entering stuff. It's work done. It's not the attitude, lifestyle, or way. It's work done. Agreed. Stay out of it. But yeah, that is a really bold maneuver. I can't imagine. I would... Once again, I mean, just be a liar. Be more of a liar. Uh, I, I would love to have IPAs during our interviews, but in this day and age, you want to lie a lot more. You have to, you have to con these people. There's a lot of money that yep. you can take from these people, especially one that's just going to video phone interview that you can type. <laughs> I mean, I knew an IT guy that was claiming six figures income for an hour and a half of man maintenance, you know, <laughs> Monday through Friday. Yeah. And because he was the guy that was doing their system and doing it remotely, you can, t but you have to just have a little bit of, you just have to be a little bit more, you know, up, you know, respectable about it, I guess. Right. And I'm a smart guy in that, like, put me in that interview position. I take a drink of a beer. The interviewer on the other side says, is that a beer? Oh no, that's a root beer. Yeah, actually, that's beer. like <laughs> cream soda. Yeah, because if she asked you if it's a beer, then it's don't a problem. say it. Don't say it. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Well, actually, my uh, a, somebody I know uh, at their job, they were doing social media, and 
they've been doing a lot of meetings about hell we need to jazz up the social media this shit's getting boring we're not getting likes and all that and this guy is kind of the jokester in the business you know his he's the comic relief the color of the thing and uh so they did a little instagram live thing where he threw a bunch of firecrackers underneath the guy that was on a ladder oh shit <laughs> and nothing happened yeah. the guy was just whatever but they were like, we have to have a conversation about this. He was like, oh, yeah, sorry, I messed up. He's like, no, we have to, like, write this down on paper now. He's like, am I going to lose my job? Like, he was that, like, it was one of those moments where they're like, oh, we love you. We love your antics. You're so much fun to have around. And he did something harmless, like throwing firecrackers. The shock jock. Yeah, he's I mean. He's just a shock jock he's social just media there. guy. He's I just know. good. He's just good. Like, yeah. that's what people love. People think he's great. Like yeah, everybody liked it, but yeah. it's like we can't have that on our social media because it shows an unsafe environment. It is, you know, it's pretty unsafe. I mean, oh, I, bullshit. You know, eh. Oh, Negoti- number six, negotiating like a rookie. Uh, one can't, which I don't get. Who, nobody knows how to negotiate. Nobody in America. Black belt negotiation. Okay, but that is. I would say there was a book called that. I'm gonna do an, one of somebody we know read. I'm gonna do a percentage, and I know a lot of people don't trust my percentages or think that I have like a skewed version. I truly believe that 2% of the population knows how to negotiate. Bullshit. <laughs> so many foreign people know how to negotiate. <laughs> like, I just, I don't, not, whoa, I don't know. You're comfortable. Anybody. You're comfortable. You don't, you have extra money to lose. You're not like scrounging for pennies. I don't know how to. Other people are like fighting for the, I don't know how to, to get like every extra. I don't know penny. how to ask. I never ask for more. I'm not a negotiator. I don't consider myself a person that can negotiate. I'm You're part right. of the 98%. I think that like two, there is the, the number of people in the job market. Middle, East, Middle Eastern people totally disagree. Okay. <laughs> I just think that Asian of people, people totally in the, disagree. In the, in the job market <laughs> that can negotiate is very small. And and the number that have no idea what they're yeah, doing well, when they the sit down. Market, sure. Yeah. One candidate asked the following question during Maybe. the inter- interview. Uh, I know that during my phone call with the HR department, I acknowledge that I'm okay with the $70,000 salary, but because of my bills and upcoming wedding expenses, it would not be enough for me. Would you consider paying me $85,000 if you decide to hire me? That seems like a good negotiation to me. To okay. me, that sounds perfect. This person was fairly young and didn't know how to negotiate compensation. Ideally, he would have asked for more money up front or come up with a counteroffer later that didn't involve his personal reasons for needing a higher salary. But I, I, I missed that. I missed that. I guess that. What was what was it again? So the guy was supposed to be making 70K. Okay. Right? And then he said, I need 85. Okay. Uh, I got a lot of bills. Uh, I got a wedding coming up. It's 70K is not going to be enough. I need 85. Okay. And uh, the guy said, you know, the the guy said this person was fairly young and didn't know how to negotiate compensation. Uh, no, I think that's Ideally, that he right. would have asked for more money up front or come with a counteroffer later that didn't involve his personal reasons for needing a higher salary. He already accepted 70K? Well, I think like when he talked to HR at first, the first interview, they were like, yeah, you know, it's going to be 70K. And he was probably like, oh, okay, that's... Yeah, you know, seventy looked at him, was like. Then he started doing the math, and he was like, oh, "I got a wedding coming up." Eh, <laughs> yeah, fine, you know. But I, I think that's unfair. I think it's unfair to say that you're not allowed to use personal reasons. No, that's to negotiate exactly your raise. And and I've seen it. 
That's bad I hiring. Saw, this is bad hiring. Yeah, I saw a lot of stuff earlier, though. I was reading about negotiating raises as, as part of the show prep. I was just looking through work stuff, human resources sites and stuff. And I read so many human resources people say that if you're asking for a raise, you don't bring up personal reasons. Why? And that, to me, is like, but that's like why I need the race. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, and and that's bad management. To be honest, I don't, I don't think that's gonna be successful because you need to know what people's motivations are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. somebody that is getting married that is just like so maybe you bring them an eighty five k, and then instead of paying, instead of getting constant raises, you give them days off so that they can do honeymoons or do vacations or stuff it's just like you learn the motivations of the people so that you can work with them and get the best out of them so that is really terrible advice. i think i think that's too. stupid well, you I mean, need to know just- why i mean you just need to know like you need to be everybody needs to be very upfront i'm fucking here because i want this amount of money because i like to do these mm-hmm. things it's like i want this amount of work done to make this amount of money like can you fucking do it or not yeah we don't I mean, get that's that what interview and a lot of be. this it is like su- like this is all mirror this is all mirrors and subtleties and made up things and a little psychic dance that you're Theater. supposed to do back and forth um, where we can't just be upfront about stuff. Yeah, it's theater is what it is. You're going in and you're putting on an act when really what you just said is what a job interview should be. I need this amount of money. I can do this. And then I need you to do this and I'll give you this amount of money. That's fucking interview. Yeah. When you overlay all these little games like number seven, crossing the line from confidence to arrogance. Like who knows where that line is, dude? I don't know where that mm. line is. We, people I, should know that line. Yeah. I, 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 I do think you shouldn't be. I've hated arrogant people ever since I was a young lad. I and I've do. always cut them down. A but how do, you, how do you sell yourself without being – I don't understand. And this is my, maybe my low self-esteem. Is that like I don't understand how I would sell myself without coming off arrogant. Again, I think that saying nice things about yourself is arrogant, though. So maybe I'm wrong. I just don't know how you make that situation happen, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's not a problem for you. I mean, anybody that has those doubts, I think that you should just do it because you ha- if you have any doubts at all, you're not arrogant. Yeah. That's what I feel like. Because a lot of people don't, you know, are uncomfortable feeling confident in what they do or proud of who they are. And they they mess it up because they have doubts, which is common, and you should. That's a, that's a good sign, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be proud at all. You yeah. Know? It's the, the arrogant people are the ones that just walk into the place and don't second-guess anything they do. They don't question. Like, if they never have any doubts at all, that's when you're too fucking arrogant, you know? Here, yeah. Here's number eight, double-dipping employers. And uh, this is a crazy story. Double dipping employers. We've been working on a data science engineer role for a big startup. One of the guys we found was literally a genius. He passed four rounds of interviews, solved several data science problems, and did a four-hour test with only two cups of coffee and a bag of Cheetos, all while streaming to four other people who were watching his every move. He was clearly brilliant, had matching experience, up-to-date skills, and up-to-date skills. So the big day comes. He's about to do the formal introductory interview with our client. Then... Two minutes before the call, he tells me he's decided to stay with his current company and he wants to do both jobs full time. He was entirely sure that four hours would be good enough, 
four hours of sleep would be good enough and figured this would be a good way to pay off his mortgage what? faster. <laughs> I asked him not to mention this to the client's team. We would figure it out after the call if there was anything we could do to make it work. But in the end, he decided to go ahead and try to negotiate his scheme on his first meeting with the client. <laughs> See, but this is for real, for real. This is a big problem, though, because a lot of these places are only hiring at 26 hours and they're like, I don't want to hire somebody else that has other obligations. There's yeah. lots of fucking customer service and fast food jobs mm -hmm. that will hire you for 32 hours. And you're like, well, I need to work something else. And they're like, well, we need to have a schedule that's erratic that you can't really. You have to be open. Yeah. Your you schedule has to be open all the all time. All of your time has to be open for Burger King. Yeah. <laughs> True. Burger King's so fucked up, dude. Yeah. Can I? I've had about a, a I've had about King a half I've, I've had about a half dozen of those impossible whoppers now. Jesus. And uh it is insane to me because my daughter has got a kids meal and at every single one they seem to have a whole different promotion going. There was Beyblades at one, there was Powerpuff Girls at another, and there was My Little Ponies. And that was all in the span of a week. In the same city? In the same city. And there's like no coordination going on at those places yeah. at all. There's shit hanging on the walls that was like from last fucking summer. Or last That, that, that place is 90s. so slapped together. I have no idea how it's in business. The Impossible Whopper is going to be the thing that keeps it I mean, running. Yeah, man. All these I'll, I'll 20 motherfucking there. dollars for a couple combos. I'll pay it. I got it. Everybody, because I'm podcaster. I'm best. one of those elite podcasters I'll, on a plant based diet. I'm going to tell you the truth. And this is, this, I shouldn't say this because it's a big corporation. Whopper's the best fast food cheeseburger. And as soon as they made this impossible Whopper, I was like, I'm going back to the Whopper, you know? Because well, the meat at Burger King, because of the like slap together nature of Burger King, uh, the meat makes yeah. me nervous now. Sure. Because <laughs> when I go in there, I'm like, okay, like, now, <laughs> sure. I get, but now Brody. that I can get impossible, I think they probably set that thing right on top of other cheeseburgers. Oh, though. yeah. No, it is. It's got a little bit of it's got a little extra from the grill, which is fine. Yeah. It's got um, extra seasoning on it. Let's get that's called flame broiled. Number 10 is not asking questions, which we all know that. I just not never know what questions point. to ask. You know, at the end of the interview, oh, you got when they're like, yeah. you got any questions? And they always want you to ask a question. And I might be the worst interview in the world because I always say, well, no, you really answered all my questions for me. That's like, that's why I never get jobs. You just are like, so, I mean. But what if I don't I feel have like any such questions? a square. I hate being such a square. What questions just do you so ask? so obvious to like just be a little kind and war say thank you and polite and ask questions and be there and present for the I moment am. if you're trying to get a job just i i, I don't know i don't know what to say i, I guess the yeah i guess you're, you're sending like, here's the thing i think the <laughs> signal that you're sending to a person when you say i think you've answered all the questions that i have is that you've been listening ah and <laughs> I have a little journal. I wrote down my notes. I don't have questions, dude. I if you told me how much you I'm do, making, you always have questions. If you're like, you definitely need some clarifications. Like, so how many? Like on breaks, is it 15 minute breaks? <laughs> you're not that, ask about. Does that, that count, include like walking to the break room or not? Is that part of it? Can I clock in and out? You know, that's you, not the kind of question you ask. Don't that, you're in trouble. They don't want, yeah, they don't want you like, asking about your breaks. That's like saying lunch is your favorite school subject. They're not. They, you, you don't know how to. That. You don't. But you don't even. You don't have any inclination to be like a little good boy that asks a question. Like so, I don't do, have do, a do, question. do you do you do you offer reimbursement for college? 
college education if I wanted to extend, you know, my knowledge? Like, you don't ask anything like that? No, I never have asked any questions. You don't kiss ass. You don't have any. You just don't want to kiss ass. I don't think it's kissing ass. I feel like you're. You have to. I feel like you're telling them when you say. When you say. your new mommy and daddy. When you say, I don't have any questions, you answered all of them. I feel like it's actually a compliment to the interviewer. You're telling the interviewer. Well, if you stand up and bow and tip your hat, maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lying about your connections, which is like, how are they going to catch you? Oh, yeah. Fuck right. that. Everybody yeah. lies about their connections. Everybody. Yeah. Come on. That's not fair. Yeah. That's not fair. We do know that guy at one point. We did know a guy that knows a guy that can Oh, do this that. is depressing, though. Listen to this. One time I interviewed a woman who stated she was good friends with an employee in the office and talked about her family and how much she loved them. Oh, no. Yet when I asked the employee about it, she said they were just acquaintances. Down the road, when we called her references, her previous boss told us on the phone that the candidate was known for lying among, among other negative qualities. That's not fair. That's like you're examining this woman's relationships yeah. with other people. Maybe think, sometimes you can be friends with somebody and the other person thinks you're an acquaintance. And if someone is rooting for me on Instagram with likes and comments, that's that's my family. <laughs> Every person who's ever faved one of my posts on Twitter, I consider yeah. them my friend. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Yeah. No, I know them a little bit. This These last two are just ones that nobody does. Uh, being rude to the receptionist. Yeah, fuck that person. Yeah, for you sure. would never hire that. And stalking the staff. Which is <laughs> oh weird. my god! Wow, <laughs> weird. Oh my god, is that a problem? I had someone. It's as big of a problem as people. What was the earlier ones? What, like, what, what was one of the earlier? Happy hour. Yeah, it was just as bad. So people are drinking on the job and also stalking the employees. <laughs> it says, I had someone who called the front desk a dozen times so he could talk to other people in the Fuck. company. What he didn't, didn't realize was they had caller ID and saw that when he didn't get, saw that when he didn't get what he wanted, he kept calling and calling and calling. He even hung up if the same person answered like he was going to trick the receptionist. Needless to say, he didn't get hired. Yeah. I <laughs> That's mean, you me. got to let They're someone talking. work that out. I mean, People are going to have a pathetic moment in their life, and uh, some of us will bear witness to that, and uh, hopefully they learn from it. Yeah, it's just a weird thing because it's like, uh, I hate uncertainty, and most humans hate uncertainty quite a bit. Yeah. And job interviews lead... Like when you're I in a remember. desperate position <laughs> where you need a job, I know. When you know? I love calling, and you're just like, hey... Um, is Susan in? And there's like sweat is just beating at your temple. And they're like, oh, no, Susan's not in. And you're like, oh, they uh, told me to call at noon today. I could talk to Susan. She was the hiring manager. And you're just like, they're like, no, Susan isn't here. This is the third day you've called, sir. You know? Yeah. It's just I, like, and you're not getting the point of it. You're like, I just, it seems like it's a misconnection. Yeah. I, I, I sure thought I did a great job, you know? Yeah uncertainty sucks and when you're not employed you do panic and i was yeah. just calling to see if you had looked at my like they, i learned this in high school <laughs> i learned this in high school and this is bullshit my teacher taught me this oh god i wish i could remember her damn name but she did teach me this she said one week after you fill out a job application you call the business and say, I wonder if you'd had a chance to look over my application. Yeah, you have to do that. Yeah. That's, a good, sounds, that's good advice. It's good advice. <laughs> sounds like they don't want that. 
according to this. <laughs> well, I mean, no, calling all day. One time is okay. <laughs> calling all day yeah. is a different different thing there. Let's uh let's Yeah, that is like I mean, that's just like you just want to you're grabbing the person by the hand really hard and you're like, I really want this. I'm gonna die if I don't have a job and I will do this. Please just fucking Give it to me. I'm that dude. I, <laughs> I want it. So desperate sometimes to get a job that like I would, I would call a few times in a day. They'd be like, oh, she's out right now. She's at a meeting. And I, and then I remember sitting in my apartment and being like, uh, so what's a meeting? It's like an hour. I'll just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I call back at an hour and then be like, oh no, she's still in the meeting or she's at lunch. And I'm like, well, Lunch is about an hour, yeah. so I'll give her time to get back, get situated at her desk, and then I'll give her a call. Nah, she's not in right yeah. now. She's in talking to somebody. It's like, okay, I'll okay here. I'm gonna be reasonable now. Uh, I'll wait three hours, <laughs> right? And then right. I'll call her, and then three hours later, I call and she's not available. And it's like in my head, I know in my mind, I should be saying like, "You're not getting this job." Yeah, you? they don't like. They're they, avoiding you. If they want you. <laughs> Yeah, if they want you, they will seek they have you out your and find you. They know you're interested. I also, my big job hunting time was pre-cell phone. Yeah. And it was just like, if you were not home, oh my God. The amount of times I, I knew, I would check voicemail and it wouldn't be there. And I would call and be like, I was just seeing if you called and like got a busy signal or anything. Like, it just... Yeah. I was a real okay. Yeah, maybe you need to hear job. this advice. Yeah. I did. I think I did. Yeah. That for me, don't I call was, too much. Oh, I called so once much. is enough. I called a lot. Uh, yeah, once is enough. I know, and I would be standing just, at work at it's, times. It's Jason <laughs> can't believe it. Jason's like, why? This Jason's is why Brian like, didn't get, ever get a real job. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard sometimes to to hear. Right. I got like a charity job. The cable job was a charity job. I showed up to the interview in shorts and uh, uh, well, you get what you get yeah. flip flops. And the guy was just like, okay, I mean, obviously I shouldn't hire you, but you're a friend of somebody that works here. So I'll go ahead and hire you. <laughs> and it was, they just hired me. Okay. You know? Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> let's do some news. news. Some big news that happened in the past week. Five employees of a Burger King in Clovis, New Mexico, no longer have jobs following an incident involving a police officer's order that took place last Thursday. Ooh, yes. Per KRQE Albuquerque, the officer, Timo Rosenthal, was in uniform when he placed an order from the Burger King. When he unwrapped his order, the sandwich wrapper displayed a cartoonish drawing of a pig with a star that presumably represents a badge. The officer subsequently shared the photo on Facebook. Rosenthal went on to note in his Facebook post that the patties were burnt and the burger was of very poor quality. Buddy, you're at Burger King. Yeah, I you mean, never know like, what you're going to get. Yeah, no, that's it's not a, fair. It's a dice roll. Right. It's not fair to be like, they messed up my cheeseburger. This shit's crazy. Um, because Burger King is maybe the most inconsistent dice roll place I've ever been to. Like, yeah. of all of the restaurants, when I go to Burger King, I have zero confidence that they got my order right. Yeah. None. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's just inconsistent. That's what you get when you go to Burger King. Yeah. We've yeah. said this a million times. Sometimes, it, I mean, I, I really love it sometimes. Yeah. And then others, it's, you know, you just take a bite and you're like, oh, fuck it. And you just throw it on the ground. You just spike it like a football. Get Listen rid of to this, though. But see, okay, the story here. Is he really that hurt? Are his feelings hurt? 
Is that yeah, what happened? Yeah, Did a guy I mean, come in and get his feelings hurt? A guy with a gun yeah, come in and sit down and he got sad when he went to eat because he's a piggy uh, boy? Yeah, he wants to help. He wants to help everybody by putting him in jail when they be bad. Yeah. When KRQE contacted the Burger King in question, a manager told them that five employees involved in the incident had been fired. Five people didn't draw that thing. No. Fox News reports the location has also pledged free meals for uniformed law enforcement and a catered lunch to the police department like the way that these companies bend over backwards when look somebody drew a pig okay the person drew the pig actually yeah you're right no you're a cop and people call you a fucking pig it's the life i mean that's the world that's just part of it i mean you have to deal with it i'm not gonna deny I'm not going to deny the energy I put out there and what I ascribe, like what I'm, I'm a part of the institution that people dislike. That's, yeah. You fucking get, that's what you get. That's yeah. what you fucking get. Be better than change shit. Like be different. Right. If they, things could be different. Like I, I think that like, I mean, we've lived relatively untouched, you know, for our beliefs that, you know, cause a lot of people to feel fucking horror. And uh, I fully expect to be unliked for what I say, you know? Why? I've said this before. It's like, you know, you don't get to exist in a vacuum. Right. I've said this about comedy a lot, too. It's like, you know, I do this podcast. uh, I do live shows where the audience, I don't ask them to, but the audience at times will chant, kill Jeff Bezos. And uh, I fully expect Fox News or somebody to someday get a hold of that video and play that video and say far left podcast chance kill Jeff Bezos yeah. at their live show. Whatever. I but like it's part of the job. Like and I fully understand that it's like part that's part of my job. Yeah. And I'm not like, you know what? I can't even be mad at Fox for doing yeah, it. To yeah. tell you the truth, because that's Fox's job. And like with the cops, it's like they expect so they expect people not to be Reverence. angry. And 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 the thing about service workers is that's a lot of the people the cops are busting all the fucking yeah. time. A lot of times, you know, less a, a lot of people that will hire folks that have a record. Yeah. Yeah. Or just even the cops love busting poor people, people without yeah. money. We work at Burger King. You don't have that much money. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And it, it's crazy. He said, uh, Officer Rosenthal subsequently appeared on Fox and Friends. Where he said, everybody has the freedom of speech, you know. If people want to express the hate or resentment they have for law enforcement, they can certainly do that. But they follow it up with actions, which then I don't get to enjoy my lunch or other. He's fucking just. <laughs> He's like, you know, I, I believe in freedom of speech. I, you know, as a person, I believe in freedom of speech. I believe those employees have their freedom of speech, but they also made me sad at my lunch. So they shouldn't have a job anymore yeah my stomach's turning <laughs> yeah. i mean you all have i mean you all have in new york the people that throw water on the cops that's not okay that's been a big story yeah that's been cool they threw water at cops which is funny yeah and the cops are like that could have been acid it's like fuck no, fuck off fuck you <laughs> you know what i mean well, it's funny i mean you know what i have i have children that cover me with water now could be acid, i've though. been in to be the to get mad about it is so stupid. It's so hilarious. If you're the person that is like the that's 
you know, everybody is throwing water on, like, just enjoy it, you know? Be the butt of the fucking joke, you know? Yeah, it's water. Oh, shit. Sorry, guys. There's audio. Fucking, it's like the gift of life, right? Can you tell me how okay. much this will be? It's still coming out. Hold on. Hold on. I'm apologizing to the listeners as we speak. What is this? All right. A possession charge against Georgia Southern quarterback Shy Wirtz has been dropped after police determined that there was no cocaine in a substance that Wirtz claimed was bird poop. Authorities in Clinton County, South <laughs> Carolina. Yep. <laughs> I know. Wait, where is this? Authorities in Clinton County, South Carolina pulled Wirtz over for speeding on July 31st. When they approached the car, police saw a substance on the hood of Wirtz Dodd Charger that what? tested positive for cocaine what? and tests conducted in the field. These tests were done in the field. These tests are notoriously bad. Yeah, like I've heard a lot, and I've of story. I've seen them. I've seen them actually use drugs, take drugs that they have to spike the test. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Words attorney. They, they've been caught too several times. Yeah, oh, I know. Well, even then, like I've heard, I've I've heard countless stories of people getting busted and it testing positive, and then finding out it's not drugs. Yeah. You know, like it was just this was bird shit on the hood of a guy's car. They thought they, there they, was crusted cocaine on someone's car they, that they scraped off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that 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 uh that uh yin yang shit, a little bit of black in there, yeah. the white and the black. In the video you see the conversation between Wirtz and one of the officers who pulled him over. What's the white stuff on the front of your hood, man? What? The officer can be no, heard. No. <laughs> once Wirtz was no. put in a police car. This is car. a nightmare. Just imagine like I know. Like I mean, when I have cocaine on me, like I'm so oh, yeah. unreasonably afraid about everything even though I can get away with murder, but like to be a a black male and they start talking about that, and you have stayed away from that because you know you're that a quarterback of you a football team. Just will never. If you touch that, you were just. They will find a way to get you. Yeah, yeah. And they're now accusing of you having cocaine <laughs> crusted on the front of your fucking car. I at in the place where birds shit. <laughs> it's not a rare thing to have bird shit on the I've, front of your car. It like I have never looked. A bird shit on a car and thought, mm, let's see if we can do a line of that. It might. Right. Somebody might have left cocaine. As people often do, they do chop up lines of cocaine right on the hood of their car. But and then that cocaine does actually also stick on the car when they drive at high speeds because he was speeding. Like, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, snort the plaster off these work boots. I don't get Dude, I I. This is that's wild. So, what's the white stop on the front of your hood, man? The officer can be heard, man. Once I'm coming at you. Was put in a I'm talking car. jive, man. Yeah, bird shit. He responded, "That ain't bird shit." The officer responded, "No way." I promise you that is bird doo doo. Wirt said, "I promise you that it's not because I tested it and it turned pink." The officer replied. You can see it on the windshield. Yeah, because birds are all said. fucked up from the shit that we put in the air. Brett, who does coke on the hood of their car? No. I've never no. in all of my life of knowing all kinds of people that do all kinds of drugs, never seen somebody chop up a line on the hood of their car. I just I can't even imagine doing. If you had a cool car. I guess it's dirty, though. It's like a dirty place. I just don't think it would stay. And when you're driving? No, no, it wouldn't. Unless maybe he thought he sneezed a snot glob of cocaine onto the car. <laughs> I don't know how it's it would like I'm trying to how fucking construct this in my head is what I'm trying to do is I'm trying 
as hard as I can, which is impossible to get into the mind of a cop. Okay. I, I, I had, <laughs> I once had one of our friends, uh, on the way to a holiday cookie party have to spend like a good amount of time explaining why they had baking powder. The, uh, or I'm sorry, the, uh, I'm sorry, what's the sugar? The bake, the, uh, confectioner sugar. That yeah, refined yeah. shit. Yeah. They had it in a bag and someone, the, the cops thought they had busted them for fucking drugs. They didn't like just go, <laughs> that sugar. I don't know. They, they didn't smell it. I guess they're so scared of powder. They stuff. are. They, you know? they don't do that. Yeah. You wish they would just do the drugs and like, that's a, like, if I was the police, I'd be like, like, what's this? Like, I would snort, I would snort it and be like, oh, that's bird shit. I just snorted bird, bird shit. Oh my <laughs> fucking God. You gotta <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you you just it's just the conversation continued in the back of a police car where the officer suggested quickly that it was cocaine Wirtz continued to plead his case it. i tried to clean it last night at a gas station he said what is it pink Wirtz will still face a charge for speeding but that is a relatively minor considering there wasn't up. enough perf that the bird poop was actually cocaine as was initially reported no, by the you officers should get off man case. if someone starts saying you did cocaine if you have cocaine on your car and you don't you get off the whole thing i mean this, they, they need to give you like a gift card for groceries right this <laughs> this cop got a black guy that yeah. is also a quarterback right. at a college Racist. and he thought he won yeah he th- he thought, oh oh boy, I I did the thing. You're out man. here driving this car, doing your cocaine, you know. Yep, I know what you're up to. That's exactly it. He thought he thought you he- had piles of cocaine stacked on this car so that you sh- could shoot a rap video. Yeah, yeah. And then I it mean, cr- and then it crusted. Even- there was a crust on the of cocaine on I the mean, front of your vehicle. I really <laughs> am trying to construct the night. Oh uh, man, nobody where the would cocaine like cocaine gets would, on the hood of the car. Would, I. Every bit of it gets licked up. People are eating their boogers and shit, man. Nobody is leaving it on the fucking hood of the car, man. (laughs) I would fuck every... I mean, I would be scraping my teeth against that fucking thing if it was like that. <laughs> right. A cop thinks that people are just leaving. <laughs> How much bird shit is a good pile of coke? <laughs> really, yeah, no, that's think a about really it. huge hit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's all at once would bump. be a fucking serious. Yeah. That would get you right. For sure. I just, the cop had no no idea what they're dealing with it's right. just all racism and stereotyping yeah and was, we have these people running around like protecting us and they just the folks that are doing the folks that do pile up the cocaine on the front of their cars are providing a service to people that they like <laughs> and uh you're in the way of it right yeah it just isn't like a thing it's so weird that is the weirdest story yeah that's i've crazy. seen in a while a bird shit being, I've net, I've seen cops say the dumbest things about drugs. I really have. But, but you know, uh, I saw, I'm, I got busted by the police for weed one time when I was 17 and, uh, we had, uh, about an eight and he estimated that we had a quarter pound when he called it over to his, uh, other people. Like he got on the thing and was like, yeah, we got uh, a few teenagers here at this park and have some marijuana i believe it's about a quarter pound of marijuana that's a felony and i was just like like i've seen that i've seen cops uh ask crazy questions about drugs it's like part of me thinks they don't know anything part of me has gotten to the point maybe this sounds ridiculous but if you want to be a cop you (laughs) the new cops at at in the new cops 
first of all, drugs should be legal anyway. Yeah, there's no reason to have yeah. new cops even anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I'm saying like if we're gonna have to have cops like at this police academy, we got this war on drugs. Why aren't they just making them do a little bit of drugs? Just so yeah, they know. Yeah, it's not going like to kill them. Like at the them. academy, you know? It's you, not going to fucking kill them. Yeah. You just little, sit at a little desk, you a little key bump, maybe, yeah. coke. Try it. A little bit of key bump, maybe a little bit of fentanyl. Just, just <laughs> tiny <laughs> bit, you know? Yeah. Just enough to get you, like, real close. No, what it, no. where it, you want to be. Just know yeah. it, yeah. Because, I mean, they really think this stuff is, like, But then they start food. fucking stealing. But then they're just paid to steal it from I people. I know. There's been a few. I I, I mean, I, I don't think we've documented it very well, but there's been a few officers that have, like, OD'd in their fucking car because they're just, like, partying. They're just basically robbing people to party. Yeah. Know? I do know that, like, I, it, there's been some pretty bad, like, vice stuff recently and and shit so uh brett put your headphones in all right get this last story we got some audio seems like we need to uh seems like we need to play it it's it's in our wheelhouse and uh i gotta it's a jerk i gotta turn the sound on you're a jerk you're a jerk here we go you ready you're a jerk yeah if you had to work more than one job to have a roof over your head or food on the table, you probably shouldn't have taken the job that's not paying you enough. That'd be a you problem. Also, it is not true. The vast majority of people in the United States are working two jobs. It just is not true. According to the census statistics, a small but steady number of American workers have more than one job because either they need extra income or because they want to gain more experience or explore different interests. There's a recently released U.S. Census Bureau report, and apparently what it found is that approximately 8.3% is of, as of 2013, so it's, it's actually lower now. 8.3% of workers had more than one job. Hey, he's gotten rich doing radio, and that's what he sounds like on his radio show. That's what people, <laughs> people don't want to admit that they lost. People don't want to admit that like we got sold out and that we haven't been making any gains and that you know, statistics show we own less and less and we're leasing everything and renting everything and there's no retirement for everybody. And uh, instead, he just wants to report that people are out there and they're fighters and they're going to make something out of themselves. And, you know, 65-year-old fucking people are like, you know, getting a new job at CVS as a greeter and are like, well, you got to start somewhere, you know. It's yeah. like, I'm going to start from the bottom and I think I'm going to, I think I got a shot here to make something out of it. And it's like, you lost, you know. No, you, you people don't admit that we like, we gave up everything so that they could have everything. Like, yeah. we, we sold ourselves. Let's redistribute. Away. This. Let's yeah. let's finish this. That was as of 2013. It's a lot lower now. No, it's so this not. notion you that there are just tons and tons of people who are working at multiple jobs, it is not really true. It's not actually the reality. Could we count Uber and Lyft and in May, and Grubhub and Etsy had multiple Etsy. jobs. Five percent. eBay. That's really what's bringing down the and unemployment Are we trusting the census? Is it, is it a conservative jobs. trusting the census? Okay, for all of the talk about people working at Uber, it, it, it's it's held to that range actually really since 2009. It's always been a very, very low number. That's, yeah. So th- this, again, is just a lie. It is also this this bizarre idiocy that you can dictate to the economy what the economy ought to do. Every time everybody tries to dictate to the economy what it ought to do, the economy fights back because it turns out the aggregate knowledge of the market economy knows more than you do. <laughs> okay. Well, Here's something the, that I would like to do That's a, with the economy, though, that maybe hasn't been thought about. It's like just take... All of that money from the people that are hoarding it 
and just spread it evenly among all of the people. Yeah, and that was, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's annoying because he's so obnoxious, but that was completely just intellectually dishonest Mm -hmm. to not talk about Uber post-2009 because back in 2009 is when those people were getting, like, ridiculous payments and were, like, leasing a vehicle, leasing, like, a Cadillac Escalade and paying for it by driving for fucking Uber in 2009. And it has now been chiseled down to the point where folks are making seven eighty five and doing a whole bunch of damage to their fucking vehicles. And working 12, 13, 14 yeah. hour days. Yeah. And in, in the car. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, completely, and when, that's like, you just ignored the glaring point that we're all making right we're, we're and when we say two jobs like sure go ahead and dance around the independent contractor side hustle thing but like to me people because people are interested they want to be dog sitters right they want to be <laughs> dog walkers that's what they do they sign up to dog walk app you know because they want to get new skills it's not because they need money or because they're struggling or they can't afford to get by it's because they want to do task rabbit stuff they want to do <laughs> yeah. stuff like you know uh filing paperwork they want to do coupon apps that's why it's not because they need money it's because they want to do coupon apps and to me a world what a where fucking asshole yeah I agree. so disconnected from the world i would just we we could strip everything from that son of a bitch you yeah, know? know he just has nothing to offer and can't get by thing. can't get by on on nothing less than extravagance yeah yeah what a piece of shit just soaks up all so much so Never. much resources so much money is spent to to for that guy um to tell people um that they they shouldn't pay attention to the deal that we're getting as workers in this country never worked a day no never worked never had never graduated from school and had to to figure out how to make 40 hours a week work yeah he's never worked a single minute in his life he he sat on the radio look me and brett will complain about work this uh, this is easy it's not loading boxes and trucks and it's not climb and maybe that's why we have a respect for people who are working real jobs and not getting by because we have actually worked real jobs and barely gotten by a guy like this never he's never worked a service job he he fucking his he went to harvard which basically if somebody goes to harvard it's like okay well they just they got in there because their parents had money. No, I mean we're all done. I mean we're all idiots that are like triggered to give them everything. It's like, oh, you deserve the world. You're brilliant, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but you're gonna figure out a way to get another half percent out of my fucking backside. Right, and 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 the thing about it is, uh, I look at a world where people are working two jobs, where a business like Uber can thrive, where a business like Lyft or Grubhub and all the, where these businesses can thrive off of, uh, off of exploiting people's position. I look at that as a bad world. I, that is a negative that the market, if that is what the market is, if the market has made this decision of of this, and I don't even want to hear the thing about this here too is we talk to a lot of people that work two jobs but we also talk to a lot of people that work one job and are barely getting by and don't have any time outside of that job to do another job and it's like taking every minute of their fucking life you know yeah and and the thing about it is like 
Yeah, Amazon is pretty great. If we if at the end of the day we could all put an order in for the stuff that the daily necessities that we wanted and it got delivered every single month and we didn't have to worry about toilet paper ever again. Uh I would appreciate it the people that make that happen got something. And they should have, but instead the guy in charge, Jeff Bezos, made like a million dollars a fucking hour instead, right? Like he robbed everybody along the line that was providing something that we all want, you know? Yeah. Oh, the people at the top are taking way too much and it's coming from uh, everyone else. And those folks are, I, I would rather have them have something and these other f folks lose everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I think when I see these guys. Like you can be regular. You can just have fucking food and shelter and not, you know, several houses and yachts and shit. Right. Yeah. And and I just think I, I just think that like uh people are people do listen to this guy and people do take him seriously and they think that he's a guy who who has something to offer the world and, and all of this shit. But he uh he he does he he's doing nothing. He's telling and he's people full of shit. He is he's a telling liar. people up the river, yeah. Yeah. He is a liar, he is a, a little boy. That doesn't understand how the real world works. He's, he is a little boy that has never lived in the real fucking world of the people that he's on the radio fucking talking to. And I can't fucking believe that people's grandparents listen to this little boy go on his little radio show and they and let him sit there and fucking tell them that it's their fault that they got fucked by this economy. Cause that, that little boy was never, never needed anything. He never wanted for anything. He was always, from the day he was born, fucking guaranteed to be secure and comfortable. And that's the thing. Like, I wish these people fucking understood that. I wish, I wish that a lot of these conservative types would understand that like a lot of these people that they look up to have never have no idea what you're going through, what you've been through and, and what you've been through is you're, you're, you're brave. You deserve everything that you deserve so much more. You deserve so much more of the company and you did what you've done is tough and hard and you've toiled and you've worked your ass off and you've gotten nothing, you know? And, and like, uh, this, this, this guy, boy, I call him a little boy. No boy. This little boy, this little boy, this, he just tells them like, well, that's because you don't know what you're doing. It's like, oh, well, maybe I should have just been born to rich fucking parents and that got me into Harvard and then also sold my fucking soul so that the Koch brothers would buy advertising on my stupid fucking radio show and prop me up so I can go on speaking tours. Like... That is what he does. That is his living. That is what he does. I just, I find it fucking sick that a guy like him is talking to a person that works at fucking Burger King and drives for fucking Uber. Like that person isn't doing anything. Yeah. You know, they're that's not, they're what's not sick. dedicated enough. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, I mean, we, I mean, that's the same as like, uh, for us to say like, oh, you know, follow your dreams and work really hard and you can get what you want. And it's like not everybody can fucking get this. Not everybody is going. There's not enough positions at the top for folks to get like, 
you know, food security, housing security, it requires so much money and we're so fucking far behind. And there is enough available for people so they don't have to be stressed and so that their kids don't have to like miss school and shit. And it's right there and it's in our face. And this is somebody that's telling us things are okay because we all fucked up and didn't try hard enough and we should have had extra jobs to, to build our skill sets, you know, so we could eventually become a six, six, uh, figure income earner, you know? Yep. Yep. It's bullshit. All right. Well, that's the show this week. Yeah. We'll thanks for listening to Street week. Fight Radio. Come see us. We're going to be in Indianapolis on Monday, the 26th. We're going to be in Detroit on the 27th. We're going to be in Chicago on the 30th, Friday. We're going to have struggle session with us all those days. It's a joint venture. We're hitting up the van. We're going to all jump in the van, travel around, do the shows. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Store.streetfightradio.com. We'll have those tickets. Uh, the Facebook page will too. Patreon. I'm going to, you know, send all the updates as this comes together. Very short notice. I apologize. Um, but it's still going to be a great time and I, I, I can't wait to get this shit together. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Street Fight WCRS. You can watch the show on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube at Street Fight WCRS. Twitch, we're Street Fight Radio. Um, thanks for being here and doing every supporting everything we do. If you want more of this, we ask that you consider uh, a monthly donation. You know, it helps us spend money on you know people to take care of other tasks, so we can do tours like the Hellfire Congregation tour, so we can do the struggle session thing, make it all work, and uh, keep spreading this mess across the U.S. We appreciate all of y'all. And we'll see you on Sunday. We're doing the call-in show, right? Yes, we are. So get ready. It's happening this Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm Brett. He's Brian. Peace.